Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Lynn Charles, and we're so glad she could join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done inside of our lives, Lord, and all the things that you continue to do, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that we have the opportunity to read your words, Lord, and to listen to you speak to us, and that you speak to us directly, Lord, as your friends, Lord, and as your sons and daughters. And Lord, we also just thank you for the ability and the opportunity we have to be vessels for you to work through inside this earth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Bible and get deeper into our study of the book of Hebrews. So, welcome. It's glad, we're glad to have you with us. And this morning, we are continuing. And our, we'll continue our discussion, excuse me, on Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. So... I would encourage each of you, whether it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us, to pause the episode and just take a moment to read through that section of scripture to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. Well, Charles is jumping at the bit. Well, let's hear it, sir. I have a few points that the Lord wanted me to make. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's go. First, we'll start inside of verse 14 where it says, Inasmuch that as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And this is something, Mommy, that you constantly talk to us about is how um, inside of Christendom, we just say that Jesus died on the cross. That's how we leave it. But we fail to understand the significance of what he truly did in that three-day period. It wasn't Jesus hiding out in some bungalow waiting for the right time, time to appear again. He mm-hmm. wasn't just sitting around, but he was doing work during that time. And it's something that you talked about in, pre- in a previous episode, Layla, that everybody was watching him as he went down to hell. And that's something that uh, we don't quite understand um, the reason why he was down there, we understand that he was destroying um, the works of the, of the devil. He left captivity captive. And the Lord was just reminding me of there's no way that you can, um, in old times, they used to sack castles. It was impossible to sack a castle from your castle, meaning that you couldn't be inside of another's castle if you're already inside of your own. What's sack a castle mean, honey? Uh, meaning you take it over, meaning that you have successfully breached the walls and have taking the enemy stronghold uh-huh. also that you take what's inside of it like the golden wealth Ooh, i love it i love it mm-hmm. go ahead and it's impossible thank you promise by the way mm-hmm. and it's impossible to do so if you're too busy um at your own place and that's something that we need to understand that jesus wasn't just waiting in heaven waiting for the right time to come down again to show himself to the disciples as we often portray him um, but he was doing work and going and doing all that the Lord called him. And that goes back to 
what we talked about in previous episodes that Jesus wasn't just here for us to be given repentance, meaning that those who had yet to come and those who are on the earth, but he had to, um, there were some of those, he gave everybody the opportunity to hear the gospel. We know that Abraham was preached the gospel by Jesus for it sits. Um, he would teach his children, his children, children, and he made the covenant with Abraham, which was the gospel he was being preached to in that moment mm-hmm. of what of things to come. And we also know that happened with David, but he went down there to give those people, I would say, an opportunity to hear it. It's not the same as the second chance, meaning that they didn't have a, after you've made your choice on this earth, you don't get another one once you go down to hell. That's not how it works. The Lord may give people the opportunity to experience some of it, but they're still alive. Um, and that you have mentioned this beforehand, where people have gone down to hell, but the Lord raised them back up. So that way they can make their decision because the Lord ultimately knows how to convey things to us, his children. Like sometimes he speaks directly with me because at times that's what I need. I'll close off my ears to the gentle answer and that's how I'll get through it. But he understands how to speak to me and he understands how to speak to all of his children. So let's, let's look at that, right? Because as a child, we think there are things that we know when really we have no idea, right? So a parent has to explain it and put it in a way where understanding can be had, right? Received. So even though we think we know some things, someone with the, the maturity, right, that's in the place of a parent that has more, well, we'll just go off of the natural life experience, right, that has seen and knows what the outcome is going to be of certain attitudes, actions, and behaviors that are detrimental to the life of the child, right? Would it not be incumbent upon that parent to go, hey, I know this is what you think, but this is actually what the outcome is going to be. It's always the outcome. For anyone that engages in this type of, or the type of attitudes, actions, and behavior that are in opposition to the Lord, that are thinking along this natural mindset, this is always what the outcome ends up being and shows or demonstrates that to a child, right? Yes. Well, how much more so our Heavenly Father to us? Mm-hmm. Even more so. Even more so. I mean, that that is the pattern and example for all parents. Mm-hmm. And he's a good God. Amen. And he is just. He's just, and he knows how to bring all things together that he has planned and what he is doing. He knows how to work all those things together. You were referencing First um, Peter three nineteen and First Peter four six about the Lord preaching to those who were um, in captivity or in hell and giving them an opportunity um, or in prison. So you can, you can go back and take a look at those, their scriptures in your own um, study time. But go ahead, my love. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Yes. Okay. And then how, um, after we understand that he was actively working on it, uh, working inside the moment and he continues to work now, he's not just laid up in a flowery bed of ease as we want to believe. And that's what we want. I would like to also go down to verse 18 where it says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Um, and beforehand, he's talked about how, uh, Paul has talked about how 
the Lord Jesus is our high priest and he understands the things that we have gone through because he himself went through it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you train somebody like a coach, most times they used to be former boxers for boxers. For example, they Mm -hmm. have some, most times they have gone through it themselves and are able to lead them through Mm -hmm. the process. They were fighters previously. Yes. Or have some kind of firsthand experience, not just observational experience. Yes. Okay, go ahead. And how Jesus has done all those things. But I would like to ask uh, the question of how many times that recorded does it say that Jesus was tempted? Tell us, honey, tell us. And which the answer would be um, twice, but the Lord will show me that. Two separate events? Two separate events. One that specifically says that he was tempted, one being inside the garden and one with the devil inside the wilderness. Okay. But we know. But there were three. There are multiple temptations that occurred within one occurrence, one event. Amen. Yes. So there's two separate events that we have record of. Okay. All yes. right. Go ahead. And how the Lord was reminding me of that when we uh, read this, we just think of sins that we classify as big or grand, uh, meaning that uh, you, mommy and dad, you often tell us that there's no such thing as big sin and little sin, but as mm-hmm. humans, we want to try to quantify it. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, Lord, this is a little minuscule mm-hmm. little sin, Lord, so you shouldn't keep me out of heaven. Um, but I also, the Lord was reminded me that there was more temptations than that that Jesus endured. One being an example after John's death, um, how he went off into the wilderness mm-hmm. because he was saddened by that event. It was a temptation for him to give up, meaning for mm-hmm. Jesus to give up what he was supposed to be doing inside that earth, inside the earth. It was a temptation for him to deviate from the path. Mm-hmm. of going forward because he's facing his own sorrow and grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something as humans, we don't understand. We just think that it's, we have to endure the temptations once it's somebody else or something coming towards us. But we have to understand that the devil does not just use other vessels or other flesh to tempt us. Sometimes the temptations from us ourselves. Um, and that's something that is very important. I know for me, I want to, classify the as when i say villain somebody else's face wants to appear in my mind and sometimes the lord has to draw the little mirror down from heaven like for the apostle peter to look for me to look inside of it because i don't have my own and he has to remind me of all the times i'm not doing what he tells me to do even if it's something so minuscule as not uh walking the way he tells me or going the way he tells me to go that's still sin inside of his books because it's not true obedience and with that, we also understand that Jesus had to be walking and going inside of um, acting inside the Lord's will the whole time during the whole process. He didn't mm-hmm. get to sleep one minute past the time the Holy Spirit told him to wake up. That was sin to him. He who knows what's right to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. Amen. Amen. So I want to say something to you. Um, just to kind of boil it down and think about it. We try to look at individual occurrences as temptation, but really, really the option and the temptation is this. Are you going to serve another God other than the God set over you, right? In the garden, there were two choices, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of light is managed by God the Father alone. Kingdom of darkness is managed by Satan, but oftentimes comes in the mask of me, myself, and I, other people and serving them. So the option is, are you going to remain 
faithful to what the father set before you and each of the events. So he faced that temptation repeatedly when Lazarus died. Everybody else wanted him to come now and hurry up, but he did not. He stayed in the father's timing. Um, when the people wanted to push him off the cliff, he could have just said, oh, Lord, I'm tired of resisting. I'll just let them kill me now. No, I rebuke that in the almighty name of Jesus because it wasn't the time for that. And that was not the manner that the father said that he would be lifted up, that he would die for the sins of the world. So the, the temptation is always in a front of, are you going to choose the kingdom of God or are you going to choose the kingdom of darkness? And that would be also equal to something else. Are you going to choose God or something else? Well, we know that something else is the kingdom of darkness, which is why I articulated it that way. So Jesus faced that. And then when the scripture says tempted in all points like we, we're not just tempted at two events, right? The two occasions that contain multiple opportunities for temptation. We are tempted in every decision, every choice that we make as we live our daily lives. There's always that. And James also tells us that each man is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust. And that lust is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a desire. Now, when the desire becomes so big that you're not Mm -hmm. willing to wait and walk with God and let God fulfill his plan for you or stay obedient to the course and the covenant relationship that you have with them, then it becomes a problem. For example, Jesus asked the father to restore him to the glory that he had with the father before the world was. So he desired that. He didn't ask for something he didn't want. He desired it. So the desire is not bad. However, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to make my own path to get there. I'm going to, I know you want me to get on the cross father, but I'm going to whistle for these angels. I'm going to call for these 12 legions and they're going to deliver me and fight for me and remove me from this situation. And I'll just go back and get the glory the way I think I should go about getting it. No, he stayed submitted to the divine plan of God and the divine order that was set for him all the way through. And that was constantly his ultimate decision, but he supported that decision with complementary decisions, consistent decisions that say, you are my God, I am your son. What about every interaction with the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes? They all sought to trap him. How many times does it say about that? They were, they try to challenge him with questions, but then what was the, the end state, end goal or outcome that they desired? He could, he could have become bitter, right? And then resentment, and then you know, every time he sees them, as he was in the temple daily, right? He, he could have, if you will, a natural-minded person. Would have, there could have been bitterness and resentment instead of forgiveness. And a desire to not see them again. Oh, here come the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes again. But that's not how he interacted with them. He approached each of them lovingly. And it even talks about people that were there to spy out their liberty. Yes, John talks about that in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. But he saw that played out with Jesus as he was following him. So there were lots of temptations. All of them were there to try to get him off the destiny track the Father had for his life. It's no different from for us today. It comes down to choice. What will we do? Will we choose to remain faithful? Or will we give in to the temptation? But when we when we talk about temptation, I think um, for me, um, I want to take the scripture at the face value, and I don't want to go too far down that road with it. In that, uh, he faced all 
all the temptations we would have faced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have a, we have some a few examples because it's important that we have some examples of that. But we have to understand that he faced them all, and so um, we we wouldn't want to list them all sure. and have the examples of all of them. That could become scintillating in itself. And then, of course, you know, Paul talks about how the knowledge of the law actually gave the knowledge of his covetedness, right? He, he didn't know how to covet until he knew the law, right? We, mm-hmm. we don't need to expose people to all the ways that they could be sure. tempted in, when we're trying to teach them not to become tempted, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so I think it's a good reason why it's not there. But I, I think when it says he was tempted in every way, you know, he, every temptation that is known to us, he resisted. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the scripture says. And Absolutely. going any deeper than that um, is more likely to lead us astray than actually strengthen us in our faith and knowing that, that he did that and that he can provide that comfort for us and that means of escape, deliverance, whatever it is, when, when we're faced with those because we know that he said he did it and that we can do it as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> and let's, let's also recognize the schemes of the, the evil one. Right? We shouldn't be unaware of those. This is how the enemy attempts to tempt people. So first and foremost, in any place, the Lord, through his Holy Spirit and the leading and guiding of Holy Spirit, always provides a way of escape. So we need it just further proves where our faith, our hope, our trust, and ultimately, that's demonstrated by our obedience, has to be. Has to be in and toward our Lord and Savior. Yes, our dependence has to be upon Him. Promise you had something you wanted to share, sweetheart, right? Yes. Okay, let's hear it, darling. Well, Charles, you talked about how, and Mister Dean, you spoke about this as well. How the Lord is tempted, and Charles, you brought up how He went to hell and how that He did that to destroy the devil, and how a lot of times we mistaken when we're trying to resist the devil as we have to do this whole extra process as in we have to be sweating extra hard and we have to be miserable mm-hmm. and we fail to realize that the lord has already done away not done away with the devil but he's already defeated him and all we have to do is walk inside what the lord has given us mm-hmm. and a lot of times when we feel that way is more so because of our own feeling instead of our in our own flesh instead of actually be, it actually being the devil and as a result we constantly have to be aware of us growing uh, we are constantly have to be allowing ourselves to grow inside of god so that we don't get carried away in that amen amen and mm. unfortunately there's a lack of understanding at times because we choose to try to see things from a human perspective and we are new creations who are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus so it has to become our business that we transform our mind and renew it so that we think like he does Uh, we we talked about Jesus being tempted in all points he didn't start zooming in on Oh, I'm, I'm facing the temptation of adultery. I'm facing the temptation of theft. I'm facing the temptation of disobeying my parents. But he looked at it for what the root of it is and the heart of it is. The core of it is, am I going to choose God 
and stay with him or am I going to choose another kingdom? And when you come from that perspective, you remove your human mentality and element from it. And so it's no longer an itemized struggle on each specific kind of sin. And now it becomes something that you can rule over in making it a, an understandable process. I choose you, Lord. So therefore, because I choose you, I have no engagement with these other things. And it's not even a, on my radar anymore. I just conquered over all of it by making this stance and taking this perspective versus looking at all of them, considering all of them individually and thinking I have to wrestle against it in my flesh. Just, just the same way that the Lord says, love fulfills the law. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself, you got it. You don't need to go down the list. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall, right? Because it's all contained. If you pursue the love of Jesus Christ, you are by default going to fulfill these other things that need to be done because love does no harm to a neighbor. In particular, love does not deny the Lord their God, right? And it does not violate the neighbor that God gave them that he said we should love as ourselves. So our perspective of how we're looking at the word of God, how we are understanding has to go deeper with Jesus Christ and come from the perspective of I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm not just trying to wrestle against don't steal, don't steal, don't steal, don't steal. Don't kill, don't kill, don't kill, don't kill. I love the Lord my God, so therefore I do not steal. I do not kill. I do not go over these things. You know, you can just name them, but if I understand who he is and take my place with him and choose to receive that place, it'll just open up a whole new world of life um, for us. Layla, you had something you want to share real quick, honey? Just very quickly about um, the Lord and what he's done for us. I know for my own life, I've gone, Lord, you don't understand what it's like to face this or you must, you don't, you don't understand what it's like to desire this and, you know, having to get your flesh in line so that you do the will of the Father. And as you mentioned, Mr. Dean, he understands better than you know. So when you're faced with that, instead of running away from him like Adam did, I hid myself because I was naked. He should have come to God and admitted, Lord, I'm struggling with this and help help me ask because he promised that he would get us through that he would give us strength so that we endure and we remain in our abode and in our place in God's family so when you come against those challenges don't run away from him and go I'll just figure it out myself come and ask him get wisdom get strategy get counsel from him get his strength because it was Jesus's strength Jesus is the one that conquered the adversary not humans or flesh mm-hmm. amen amen all right well let's pause there for today and with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for the strength that you've given us through your word, God, both written and spoken. Lord, we thank you for the ability to come to you and in 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 need, Lord, and even just to fellowship with you, Lord, just to hear your voice and hear the sound of your footsteps as you walk beside us, Lord. We thank you for the relationship that you have given to us, Lord, that we can be your sons and daughters. We thank you for Jesus is our chief Lord and the captain of our salvation, God. We thank you for all good things that pertain to life and godliness that's only found in you, Lord. 
We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. We thank you that you're blessing them, that you're keeping them, that the wicked one touches them not, Lord, and that they remain themselves, Lord, that they choose to stay in alignment with what your word is, Lord, and what your will is for their life. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.